Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Welcome back to the 3D Parent Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about solutions for morning mayhem. Without a doubt, one of the most commonly discussed issues in my parent coach practice with my clients is the mornings, how to get through the mornings without meltdowns, without chaos, without everybody ending up yelling at each other with kids crying and just a whole mess that you feel terrible about the rest of the day. Mornings are notoriously challenging for families. They've been challenging for me since word go. I have four kids. That's four kids that I need to get up in the day, get through the morning routine, fed, lunches in the backpacks, out the door. This year I'm down to two schools. So it's only two separate schools that my kids are taking off for in the morning. Last year and the year before that, it was three schools. So right now I feel like things have gotten a little bit simpler and that I have my oldest going off to high school first thing. And then I've got my three youngest who all have the same drop off in the morning. And that's helped significantly, but still getting all four kids out the door into school on time is definitely a huge undertaking every day. And I know it's really challenging for all families. That's why we discuss it so often in my parent coach practice. So why are they so hard? You know, yes, so much has to get accomplished, but there's more to why mornings are so challenging for families. The main reason is It represents the time right before you're going to be separated. It's a transition time and it's coming right on the heels of another period of separation, which was sleep. So when we're asleep, even for folks who choose or have resulted in sharing their bed with their children, either because it was their parenting decision to co-sleep or because it's what's ended up happening by default because their children somehow end up in their bed at some point during the night, even then, When you're asleep, when you are asleep, you're not connected and in the same consciousness with the rest of the people in your family. So you're separated by just being asleep, even if you're sharing the same room or same bed with somebody. So when you wake up in the morning, when your children wake up in the morning, you're having to reconnect again after being separated by sleep all night long. Then you go into this process of going through all of these tasks that have to get accomplished before separating again for the rest of the day if your child is school age or going off to daycare or with a nanny or something of that nature, you're going to be separated again in most cases. So coming from a period of separation and preparing for yet another period of separation can give rise to a lot of big feelings and emotions in children. So you have to really think through how you can approach the morning that is full of connection, full of warmth, that kind of fills your children up for the day and helps them feel securely attached when they go about separating from you for a period of time, as many families do. 
So again, this can bring up a lot of big feelings for kids, and it also results often in a lot of big feelings for the grownups in there in charge. So one of the biggest tips I always um, encourage my clients, and I'm going to encourage you to do, is think ahead. What can be done the day or night before to make the mornings go smoother? One thing that I really encourage you to considering, if your child brings a lunch from home in the morning, if they're not doing a school lunch or they're not having a lunch provided for them at their daycare or their school, that can be done the day before. So you can go ahead and in the afternoon or evening, pack your lunch. But even better, I encourage you to consider teaching and encouraging your kids to pack their own lunches the day before. This is something I did in my own family, and it was really because I was really frustrated with a the mad dash in the morning to pack lunches and make breakfast all at the same time that was resulting in a lot of chaos. But also at the end of the day, when the kids were unpacking their backpacks and bringing their lunches, I'd observe that so much of the food I was packing was not being consumed. And that was really frustrating to me. So I thought, you know what? Maybe if the kids choose their own items to put in their lunches, then they'll be more likely to actually eat them. So I went about creating a flow sheet that kind of explained what should go inside of a lunch. And I looked all over the internet and on Pinterest, and I gathered ideas from other wise parents who had also thought through this process. And I created my own flow sheet. And you can actually download my sample guide for how to pack a lunch for kids on my website at the3dparent.com. Under the files page, you can download an actual copy of my directions for how to pack a lunch and use it as a jumping off point. You may not want to use my exact flow sheet because it is personalized to particular foods that my kids like to eat. So you could make your own using that as a jumping off point and put in the foods that your kids like to eat. But I have it broken down into categories. Category one is the main meal. So the, the sandwich, the pasta, the soup, whatever the main meal is going to be, I put that in that category. Then I have the secondary categories like grab something from the fruit category, fruit category, something from the veggie category, some other type of a snack, like a my kids like to have something crunchy. So that might be some potato chips, that might be some carrot sticks, something of that nature. And then some type of a little treat that can be in there as well. So thinking through, could that become part of your family's routine? Now, a lot of times parents ask me, well, gosh, how young can they really truly do that. I had my first grader learn how to do this when I introduced this to my older two kids. My um, oldest was in fourth grade. My youngest is in in first grade at the time. And so I would kind of pre-prepare some things that they can kind of grab from. I'd already pre-cut up apple slices, carrots, um, but already opened up cans of olives and things like that and had things in containers that the kids can kind of grab. So I'd done some of the prep work for them, or I would help them do it with them. So you're still supporting. This isn't something that becomes yet another thing you have to nag your kids about. Initially, they're going to think this is pretty awesome and pretty cool. And then as happens with most chores, this is going to start become a little bit less cool. But if it is part of the routine, it's part of the structure of your day, it's part of the things they have to get through in the afternoon, along with homework, if they have homework or any other chores or practicing an instrument, one of the things they have to do is to pack their lunch for the next day. This will become part of the routine. They'll get good at it. Yes, they might complain once in a while, but once it becomes a routine and a habit, it will start to kind of just be part of the flow of your day and your afternoon and one less thing to do in the morning. Now, if one of the things your kids like in their lunch has to be heated up, you can have them get everything prepared and then 
what I had them do is put a sticky note on the outside of their lunchbox, which would stay inside the refrigerator with heat up soup in the morning or heat up pasta. So that would be the only thing that would have to get accomplished in the morning. And when that got a little bit of annoying um, to always have have something that had to be heated up in the morning, I just said, you could have a hot item on these two days. And I made it, I can't remember now, but I think I made it Wednesdays and Fridays. Those were the days you could have a hot component in your lunch. On the other days, they had to all be cold. So we didn't have to have something else to do in the morning that might add to stress, might add to overwhelm, might add to last minute, oh my gosh, I forgot kind of moments that can be really frustrating and throw the whole morning off kilter at times. Other things you can do ahead of time. You can have your kids pick out their clothes the night before. So they're already set up in a nice little pile. So in the morning, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole of figuring out what they're going to wear. If your child goes to school, if they have a uniform, same thing, even though it's easy and already chosen for them, figuring out oh gosh, I realize I don't have any more of my uniform shirts in this pile. Oh, they're down in the laundry. Getting that figured out the night before can be really helpful. And definitely if your kids don't have a school uniform like the majority of kids, going through this the night before so you don't have to deal with making a choice in the morning could be really helpful. Another option, and this is for kids who just are all time really, really bad morning people. They were just wired not to get up with a smile on their face. Morning is a huge struggle for them, particularly getting out of warm, comfy, cozy pajamas and into cold clothing. So maybe these might be your highly sensitive children for going out of warm clothes into kind of cold, fresh out of the drawer clothes or fresh out of the pile clothes might be really kind of jarring for them. You might consider having them sleep in the clothes they're going to wear to school in the morning. That might seem really, really shocking to you. But if a kid is getting out of the bath at night and getting in completely clean and getting into some clean school clothes, what's the big deal? They're going to change into another set of clothes the next day. These are young children. They don't wake up smelly and stinky. You can go ahead and cut corners this way if this is something that's really, really challenging for your child. My kids love getting into their pajamas, so it's not something I've tried for them. I've actually done the opposite. When I had a really little one that hated getting out of her pajamas in the morning, you know what? She wore pajamas to preschool a couple times, and I made that okay because going through a battle in the morning and having her have a really rough transition into preschool wasn't worth it for me. So sometimes it's saying, hey, my kid's going to go to school in pajamas in preschool. That's okay. You can get away with that when you're three and four years old. You know, eventually she's like, no, actually I want to wear clothes, but I didn't have to force her to make that decision. She just realized that, yeah, I would rather wear clothes than pajamas. Other times she loved it. And the kids at school were like, oh, I want to wear my pajamas tomorrow. And I would kind of wink at the parents. Sorry about that one. But it just doesn't have to be that big of a struggle unless we make it one. And I want to encourage you not to make it a big struggle. Another thing that can be done before the start the day a little earlier for yourself as parents. What could you do to take care of yourself and what you need to do before you get out the door, before your kids wake up? Sometimes parents feel super stressed because they're like, well, I've got to get out the door also. I need to take a shower and put on my clothes and my makeup and eat my food and do all these things also. And it's really hard for me to kind of manage what's going on with the kids. I really understand that. I've been there myself. So if you know you need to be ready to go for the day at the same time you're, you're taking your kids out the door, go ahead and get yourself up early and get your needs met first. You could even take a few minutes to do something to kind of help yourself get centered for the day. I've gone through periods of time where I've been kind of full of a lot of stress and anxiety and starting the day with a really short kind of period of kind of reflection, reading something that might be inspirational, 
doing a morning meditation has been really, really helpful for me. If you don't even know what I'm talking about, just go online and look up morning meditation for parents or morning meditation for moms or morning meditation for dads. Look something like that up. They exist. They're already done for you and they're very short. So listening to something, being really kind of conscientious, be really in the moment. This is kind of those mindfulness practices, which are so kind of popular right now. We're hearing a lot about the benefits of mindfulness in reducing stress and anxiety in adults as well as children. This could be something that gets to be put into part of your morning routine. So before you are greeting your children for the day, you've taken care of your needs, you've gotten yourself centered, you're dressed, you're ready to go. So you can be 100% focused on your children and supporting them through what we've already discussed is a really difficult transition. Separation upon separation, waking up from separation because you've been asleep and then preparing for yet another separation. So now it's time to wake up the kids. You've taken care of your things. You've prepared anything you could the day before. Oh, I forgot to mention one more thing to prepare ahead of day, ahead of time is those backpacks. If kids have homework that need, needs to be in their backpacks, library books in their backpacks, a snack for after school, also have that prepared ahead of time, the day ahead of time. Get those backpacks already loaded so you don't have to do it in the morning. Okay, so moving on to now you've taken care of yourself. You've done everything you can ahead of time to prepare yourself so that you have less to do in the morning. Now you're going to be waking up your kids or they're waking up themselves and you're seeing them for the first time. You need to make the number one priority connecting with your kids, not, Hey, good morning. Get on your clothes, get on, get your things ready, brush your teeth, come downstairs for breakfast right away. Don't go right into giving orders and giving directions. You need to first and foremost, connect with your child, cuddle with them, give them a hug, give them a, some type of a sweet greeting where they can hear that warmth, that loving tone in your voice. Let them know that you're so glad to see them and to wake them up and have this time with them first thing in the morning. We're not talking about what needs to happen. You're saving that for a minute after you have done this, reconnecting with them first thing in the morning. If you can, engage them in a conversation. Did you have a dream last night? Oh my gosh, I love the outfit you picked out to wear to school today. That blue color, oh my gosh, I love that color. I know you love that color too. What are some ways you can engage with your child in a conversation to kind of warm them up, warm up that connection, turn on that attachment energy that will help them and help you kind of guide them through the process of the day? If you have a young child or a child who just really needs extra support in the morning, it is perfectly okay. And I encourage you to help them with getting dressed. A lot of times we as parents feel like, well, they can get themselves dressed. They should do it on their own. Yes, they should do it on their own. Maybe not this time. There's times to practice helping kids become more independent. Just because they can get themselves dressed in the morning doesn't mean that that's the best time for them to practice. It might be the best time for you to be helping them and nurturing them because again, you want them to be following you and the more attached they feel to you, the more they're willingly going to follow you through the tasks of the day. They very likely don't need to do that. That's really for kids who need extra support if they're either very young or they really struggle with the process of the morning and you spend a lot of times nagging them, come on, get your clothes on, come on, get your shoes on. Or they have a lot of sensitivities where you know it's hard for them. They might need extra support in this area. This is not forever kids, for your kids. This is right now for your kids, what they might need at this given moment. So meet that need so you don't have to have some huge um, struggle first thing in the morning around getting dressed and changed. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. 
let's get you back in the driver's seat. Another thing you want to keep in mind, and I talked about this in episode four, my episode about discipline with dignity. One of those key suggestions was to think about your connection before you give a direction. Connect before direct. Or again, as Dr. Gordon Newfeld says, collect before direct. So you're staying engaged, you're connecting with your child, you're not parenting cold, you're not barking out orders or nagging, you're connecting with them before you're kind of giving some directions about what to do next. That's really helpful, particularly around periods of transition like the morning. And you might even add an element of fun or play. Get a little goofy with your child. Crack a silly joke. If you're trying to kind of encourage them to go through the process of getting dressed, hand them a shirt and say like, okay, put these on your feet and kind of inject a little bit of humor. Give them a pair of socks and say like, okay, here you go. Here's for your hands. Inject some humor. Make it funny. That's a great way to connect with kids first thing in the morning. If your kids are really struggling with morning routines, it's likely because they're feeling the sense of anxiety, the sense of alarm about the impending separation. So a lot of the kind of problem behaviors that we associate with those feelings of separation alarm look like kids not willing to follow our direction, pushback. It might be really helpful to give your child a printout, a sheet with either picture clues if they're non-readers or written cues of kind of what needs to happen to get out the door. This also could be great for kids who struggle with executive functioning, um, remembering kind of steps and processes. So give them kind of these picture cues or these word cues, the schedule for the day and about how much time each of those things should take. This is something else that you could find an example of on my website, the3dparent.com. I made a printout schedule of pictures for my daughter, my third born daughter who used to really struggle with a morning routine. For her, it was absolutely about feeling a sense of struggle and alarm associated with separation. Separation for her has always been challenging. So I've always had to really lead her through periods of transition and separation with a lot of foresight and thinking about how to help support her. For her, this was really helpful. So I put it in a laminated sheet protector, uh, protector, paper protector, and then she'd go through with a wipeable pen and she'd mark off each box as she did each one of these tasks in order. And then I would help her keep track of the time frame so that she would know when it was time to move on to the next thing. And if she finished early, it was great. She could get on to the next thing a little bit earlier and have a little bit extra time um, for kind of a little bit of playtime that we interjected in this morning routine um, before she had to get out the door. So that could be really helpful. Again, go to my website to see an example and see if you might want to set something like that up for your child. Another uh, tip in terms of the morning and how to let it go with less struggle, with less conflict, stay in the lead with your parenting. A lot of us have fallen into kind of this mode of asking your kids lots of questions. Questions like, what do you want for breakfast? Where do you want to sit? Do you want pancakes or waffles? What kind of cereal do you want? What do you want me to make you? Do you want water or do you want milk? Question, question, question. That gets confusing for kids. And it also gets them back into this energy of feeling like, oh, okay, I get to call the shots around here. Oh, let's see where else I can test that. Where else can I see if there might be some type of a power struggle that I can kind of work myself into? If you do more just providing for your kids, so they just kind of are in the receiving end of things, you're going to have less conflict in the mornings. So I got out of the habit a long time ago of, asking my kids what they want for breakfast. I just provide for them. And yes, sometimes, oh, I really didn't want to have bagels with cream cheese this morning. And it's like, oh yeah, I understand. That's too bad. Well, tomorrow we're going to have something else. And maybe it's something you like more. Don't start becoming the short order cook who has to suddenly recreate a new breakfast because your child is resisting what you presented to them. They might need to get upset about that. They might need to have a little small tantrum or express some frustration over not getting the food they want in the morning. Don't fall into the trap. That is okay. They might need to release some tension 
tension or some frustration around A, either not getting their way, or B, this might be their way to release some of that frustration, some of that tension associated with separating from you for the day. So don't fall into the trap to support them. I know you're really upset. You wanted something else and I gave you a bagel with cream cheese. I get it. You're frustrated. They might say, I'm not going to eat it. Oh, that's okay. That could be your choice. But then you're not going to be able to eat until it's snack time at school. So just think about that. A lot of times, again, that's just a way to try and see if you might change your mind. And when you don't change your mind and you kind of hold that boundary, you hold that limit, you hold that no this is what we're having today, they'll usually accept it. And especially if they've kind of learned that you're not going to give up. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll give you something else. If they realize that you've set a limit, you've set a boundary, this is what is for breakfast this morning. They won't keep on asking for something else because they know that it will not lead to anywhere except for them getting frustrated. But again, at the same time, don't get yourself all worked up at the same time. It's okay for your kid to throw a tantrum. It's okay for your child to get frustrated around something like not getting what they want for breakfast, but it is not okay for us as the adults who are their nurturing caregivers to be melting down with them and getting into this huge, huge roller coaster of emotions that can lead into a really, really hard morning for you and your kids. As I've talked about this idea of using your attachment, using your connection to really kind of help guide your child through the process of the morning, that continues as the morning goes on, not just at first thing in the morning. And yes, if you have multiple children like I do, you are going to be connecting one child and kind of getting them going and then connect with the next child and get them going. If possible, I would start top down. I would start with the children that need the least amount of support to get through their morning, the least amount of kind of like connection and kind of leading them through the process. So start with those kids first so you can kind of get them going. You can connect with them first thing and then you can give them a direction then you can move on to your next child. And then you're going to interact if possible with your child that needs maybe the most support, the most direction last so that they basically can kind of follow your lead. You help them through the process of the morning and then they kind of are right there still connected with you as you go into the next thing. You don't have to separate for a few minutes and then kind of reconnect because that's just going to create extra time of you having to continue to connect before direct. So like I said, kind of move in that top-down direction that will usually end up working best for you. So while you're kind of going through the process of breakfast, stay engaged with your kids. Engage the conversation. If your kids like playing games, create a game. Can you guess what animal I'm thinking of? Play games like I Spy. Um, so do things to kind of keep them engaged with you and connect through play or games like that. Music, that's another great connector. One morning, my kids were kind of just at, at it. They were arguing with each other. They're frustrated and just kind of like out of the blue, I just turned on my, I have an Alexa in the kitchen and I turned on my Echo Dot. I asked Alexa to play Vivaldi's Four Seasons, classical music in the whole room got quiet and the kids started listening to the music and there's this calm fell over the room and I was like, wow, that Vivaldi is magic. Obviously it doesn't always have to be classical music, but mix it up. See kind of how music can play into your morning is something you could all be experiencing together. Um, maybe some favorite music you all enjoy or something a little out of the ordinary, like some classical music that maybe you don't typically play for your kids. Again, anything you can do to kind of connect. Um, some people I know enjoy listening to podcasts, podcasts that are family-friendly or directed towards kids or books on tape, audiobooks. Oh, let's listen to the next chapter of this book together. That could be another way to kind of keep everybody engaged, everybody on the same plane, less likely for kids to kind of spin out of control. 
Then when you get to like the very end of the morning routine and you're getting ready to do those last couple tasks, the brushing of the teeth, the putting on the shoes, the putting on the coats, putting on the backpacks, those last few things. That's often when families get into this like crash mode where people are yelling and screaming. Now we're down to the wire. Now we have to get out. Don't lose sight of the power of that connect before direct idea. I know I'm repeating that a lot, but it's just so powerful, particularly when you're dealing with the very young or immature who need extra support to get through the days. It's also, again, really helpful for kids who struggle with separating from you to head off to the day alone. So the more you can kind of connect, the better. Um, Dr. Newfeld, who I've referenced a lot, he calls um, this, it's a tool you can use to kind of help a child through preparing for separation. He calls it bridging. And it's pretty obvious. Basically, you're trying to kind of form a bridge between right now and the next point that you're going to be together. So rather than focusing on the separation and the leaving, and we're going to go now and we're going to go to school and I'm leaving, instead of focusing on the separation, you instead point your child towards the next point when you're going to be together. And you can do that in a lot of ways. You're already kind of in connection with them. You're already kind of in a good vibe. You're handing them their coat. They're putting it on. You're not having to sit there and command them. Start talking about the next thing you're going to do the next point when you're going to be connected. It might be that your child really, really does well if you give them something to kind of help them stay connected to you in the middle of the day. And that could be in their lunch. Uh, Maybe you're still packing your child's lunch or maybe your child packed a lunch for themselves. You can write a quick little note and slip it in their lunch box for them. You could pop in a little special treat. And on your way out the door, you could say, oh, I put a special treat in your lunch box for you. Or I put a little note in your lunch for you. You're kind of pointing them to the next point of connection, which is going to be something they're going to get in their lunch. You can also bridge by talking about what you're going to do after school. So instead of focusing on you're going to school, we're leaving, we're separated, you're like, okay, after school, we're going to do this today, or I've made these plans. Or if you don't have something and you don't have something right offhand to present, I can't wait to tell you what I've got planned for after school. And then you have the whole day to figure it out. Same thing, you could talk about what the after-school snack is going to be, or if your kids don't come home right after school, and the next point of connection is going to be dinner time when you pick them up from daycare or after-school care, you could talk about the yummy dinner you have planned or something you're going to do at the dinner table. Another um, place that you can get a lot more ideas for ways to kind of bridge separation, a lot of great um, suggestions can be found on a website by uh, Dr. Deborah McNamara. She has a website called Kids Best Bet, which is full of so many fantastic articles and resources. I reference them constantly with my parent coach clients. I'm always sending them back to this website because the articles are so well written and they really tap into so many of the key issues that parents struggle with at home. So she has this infographic, and I'm going to put a link to this infographic in my show notes so you could find it really easily. And this infographic is called When Saying Goodbye is Hard, 20 Ways to Bridge the Daytime Separation. And she's listed a ton of ideas of things that you can do to help your child kind of feel the sense of connection, even through a period of separation, like being away at school or daycare all day long. And that could be anything from something of yours you've given them like a bracelet or a picture of you, something that kind of reminds them of you throughout the day so they have something to hold on to. Maybe you wear a certain lotion or perfume. Maybe you spray a little bit on your child's, um, the back of their hand so that they can smell that and think of the way that you smell. Um, You can also do some little I love you rituals. I talked about some of this in my um, episode three on deep connection. I talked about um, how you could be doing little rituals 
that kind of express your love for your child. And one of the ones I suggested was The Kissing Hand. There's a book called The Kissing Hand that again, referenced in that episode, but if you haven't listened to it, it's a book about a mommy raccoon who's sending her child raccoon off to night school because of course they go to school at night because they're raccoons. And um, the little child raccoon is really scared about separating and the parent says, well, I'm going to kiss the middle of your hand so that when you're away from me during the day, whenever you're missing me, you can put that hand close to your face and feel that you're connected to me. Feel that you are um, you know, with me and that you could feel my love with you. So any type of little ritual that you and your child can have so that they feel connected through this period of separation, they won't struggle with it as much. You might also consider wearing a matching bracelet or even like a tie a piece of string that both you and your child or children are wearing that reminds you, oh, we're always connected. I'm wearing the same uh, bracelet that you are. So whenever you look at this, know that I've got it on too and I'm thinking about you too. So those are just some ideas and there's tons more suggestions on the infographic that I'm gonna give you the link for on my website. And then lastly, kind of connected to that, for the very young children, some type of a transition object can really help. So you know that a lot of children get connected to a lovey or a stuffed animal or something like to have with them at sleep. You can use that to kind of help get out the door and into the car, some type of a transition object. So maybe it is a toy, maybe it is a stuffy, something that kind of helps them transfer from home to the car or to the bus, whatever it might be. Um, It might be something that is small and can tuck into your child's backpack, or it might be something that stays in the car. And then you could tell your child, okay, when you get back or when I come to pick you up, that will be back in the car. Or if you talk to your child's school or their daycare, if they're okay with your child coming in with some type of a transition object, they may have a plan in place. Yes, you could bring it into the classroom, but then it will go into this cubby or back into your backpack once you've kind of come into the classroom. There may be a way to kind of help. Those transition objects can kind of sometimes help that transition from home to car or bus to school or daycare. So those are my tips to kind of help you solve some common traps that can happen with managing the morning mayhem. I hope some of that was helpful to you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.